Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Mike, uh, we have had a very volatile uh, few days uh, in these markets. Uh, starting uh, last week, we saw a breakout on the uh, soybeans that uh, didn't end so well uh, on uh, on Thursday and Friday. And then we saw some follow through to that selling uh, uh, here to start this week. And then all of a sudden, we're back up 20 cents. So there's a lot going on in these markets, even though we're not getting a lot of uh, a lot of news. And one of the things that I think is interesting, and maybe we can kind of talk about that today, is why is it that even though with a 120 ending stock for uh, for beans, that we aren't trading like we're we're at 120 million bushel ending stock? Yeah, and that's really been pretty much the question that's been overlooming this trade since our last report. And the good answer is you got a lot of trade that's very nervous about what we could be potentially seeing here at the end of the month with um, with planting and what that's going to mean. You still have us watching South America and seeing how this crop is developing, which it's going to be a longer term thing. So really i feel watching this market that what we're seeing is just a lot of psychology of this is too good to be true we've seen years and years and years of us at extremely low levels and you really need something good to bring us to that next point of just absolute euphoria mm -hmm. Well, and and if you look at the 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 news uh, here for the last uh, let's say three weeks, I mean since it's been about three weeks since we've seen a, a reported uh, soybean sale, um, at least an 8 a.m. sale, uh, and then uh, China goes on their holiday, which we know they don't necessarily uh, stop buying, but they don't buy as much, and it's not as well advertised. We have a terrible USDA report uh, for weekly export sales last week. And it kind of feels like the market is is just all over, just waiting to see what the next next big input is going to be. Maybe it's it's this dryness down in South America. Maybe it's the in Argentina specifically in southern Brazil, or it's the delays from being too wet in northern Brazil. But uh, a lot of it is just kind of waiting. And like you talked about, the the acreage uh, thoughts for new crop uh, are coming up here. And it just feels like we're we're in a holding pattern. And literally looking, even though we did make new contract highs last week, we've gone sideways now for the better part of a month and a half or, or two months. So there's not really uh, anything overly exciting from a daily perspective, but we are trading pretty pretty wide ranges in that uh, in that sideways uh, chop. Yeah, and on a percentage basis, it probably if you switch the chart from just a price to over, it's probably not much in that direction. But with where we're sitting at price level, with how exposed uh, people seem to be up here, especially after that first flush out we saw. It seems like this 20 to 30 cents feels very similar to when we were trading closer to 850 and we we're chopping around eight cents. Mm -hmm. um, so just on a percentage basis, it makes sense. But as you just said, it definitely 
makes it a little bit more difficult to want to jump in one way or another and start to mm-hmm. say, all right, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put my money on the sideline and at least see what's coming up here. Yeah. Well, option values are still extremely expensive. Um, it's uh, we've got the uh, premiums pumped up on even, even the, the nearby uh, options are extremely expensive. So it's, it's really tough to, uh, to take a position without putting a whole lot of risk out there. And obviously, as we've seen the volatility in these markets uh, increase, we've seen the margin uh, on futures go up uh, as well. So it's tough to tough to really get a gauge when when you look at the, the markets and you're, you know, you're up uh, 40 or 50 cents in, in one week and, uh, by midweek. And then uh, the last two days of, of the week, you take all of that off. Um, and then same thing early this week, it looked like, oh man, the continuation was going to be ugly. And then all of a sudden today we, you know, on Tuesday we popped for, for 20 some cents. Um, anything, uh, uh, from a charting perspective, um, is there concerns over, or would there be concerns over maybe some divergence, uh, on the, uh, on the charts? I mean, looking at the MACD, We've never come back anywhere near those uh, that peak that we had back in January. Same thing on the RSI. Um, any any worries about that? Does that to, uh, start to look a little bit negative in the short term? Yeah, as of right now, all those oscillators are diverging from what we're looking at price action wise. So that should be a warning flag. Whether or not that means that we're going to actually fall out of better knots is uh, still up for for debate. Uh, we'll see what that uh, has in store, but. From a pattern standpoint, technically the pattern's still in play. We've gone down and tried to re-enter this range, but we've never been able to close back within that pattern that we broke out of. So as of right now, it still suggests a potential move higher. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like we just said with the oscillators, you got that warning flag that's thrown out there and something to most definitely be managing your risk on any open positions you're throwing out there um, and having that uh, because with the 2008 comparison we saw it drop from I think it was something around 1540 down to 1140 during the month of March Uh, so it can can get moving quick and and that is the seasonal we talked about as well Um, uh, from basically the third or fourth of March uh, until late March, uh, mid uh, April, uh, that you typically see that peak uh, and then uh, reversal uh, type uh, type attitude in the uh, in the corn and the beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes to the point of when do, you, especially with managed money, as long as they are, when does it come to a point that they say, you know what, hit the sell button. I don't want to be the last one holding the bag, and then you just see that panic flush out of positions. Right, and, and it's we're done, but. It is important to note that just because we see these these markets kind of either chopping sideways or or at least feeling like they're chopping sideways, like we said, we did have a, a breakout of that uh, of that wedge pattern we were talking about. But um, the the important thing is, even if you were to see the markets back off, and let's say it goes uh, goes down by a dollar or two, doesn't mean that you're you're necessarily changing your overall stance or your long term stance uh, from uh, bullish to bearish. These could be just corrections or retracements that we're looking at, you know, because the the overall fundamentals haven't necessarily changed. It's not like we're going from 120 million bushels uh, on on ending stocks for old crop to, 
you know, say 500 million uh, here over the next uh, the next week when we get that new USDA report, or even when we get the acreage number, that 90 million acres that we're kind of guessing at at this point doesn't necessarily turn that bean market uh, bearish. If anything, it gives us a little breathing room from maybe some uh, uh, maybe some demand rationing. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, yeah. I, We've already shipped out a lot of these beans, so to think that, like you just said, we're going to make some large change bearishly to the bean ending stock is uh, pretty hard to imagine. So what do we have to play with as funds getting out and what's going on with the uh, the acreage? And we should get a good idea over the next couple of weeks what exactly that's going to be going on with the Allendale Acreage Survey. Um, but again, a couple, couple of weeks to sit there and worry about what's looming over this market right absolutely now let's uh let's uh, talk real quick about the uh about the corn here because uh corn's another one uh even when uh beans had their their nice breakout uh, last week um corn didn't seem to uh to really uh, take much note again another sideways market um it just feels like Yes, you've been making new highs in the uh, in the the new crop contracts, but you haven't been making those new highs in the uh, in the old crop contracts. And de- we know demand has been good. Exports were uh, were down last week, but uh, you know what are the big concerns on that one? Because right now it does feel like uh, we could easily back off, and we're not in the same situation we are in the soybeans where we're uh, soybeans are actually under the the I guess implied value based on uh, ending stocks, whereas corn is well above the implied value uh, based on the uh, the 1.502 uh, billion ending stocks we've got there. Yeah, and another comparison to 08 is the fact that on the July contract, same kind of thing happens as we were in this time frame, where corn just kind of moved sideways with the new crops starting to creep up on it. Um, but we need to see something more out of corn. We did see some more sales out of Japan this morning, but really need to see something good fundamentally to make us think that we're anywhere close to fair economic value besides where we're currently sitting at, which is overvalued and just on a pure balance sheet standpoint. So. That probably has somewhat to do with it. Uh, you got the fight for acreage right now, and are we going to plant corn? Are we going to plant beans? We just had a great um, insurance pricing that came out, and what does that mean going forward? Maybe we do plant everything like we did in 2019, but does that mean that every inch of ground that we plant is that going to actually produce something? So just a lot of questions looming. Mm-hmm. With a USDA report uh, a week away, right? <laughs> and we know from what we just saw, uh, the USDA was a little bit questionable in some of the uh, some of the changes they made. I mean, I know uh, from a trade perspective, there was there were quite a few uh, estimates that were well below on both the corn and the beans uh, from what they actually gave us, and some of the changes that they made. Um, didn't exactly jive up with what we uh, what we thought what we thought we were going to see. You know, they made the big change to uh, to China's imports for corn, 
but that was offset largely by some of the increases to or the decreases uh, to imports for other countries uh, like uh, some of those in the EU. So it's it's I don't know if it's creative accounting or something like that, but it's uh, it's one of those things like you've got a hot market and maybe they're just trying to temper that hot market by uh, by not letting us have uh, all the excitement that we really could have uh, built into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's at this point, pretty much it. We got so much year left. So many things can happen as we did see from 2020. And how do we go about making sure that this market doesn't absolutely destroy everybody. And especially with a year following up the coronavirus and having the general public's savings, uh, ex extra expenditures that they're able to make low. Um, how do we go about making sure that the whole picture is not just come crumbling down from massive food inflation? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I know there there are plenty of outlets out there that are talking about uh, potential for uh, for upside, and even some that are. Uh, I don't know if you want to say that they're they're impossible, but they are a wildly uh, higher than uh, than probably should be thrown out there as far as uh, estimates of uh, where uh, where prices could go over the next uh, two to three years. It's uh, it's definitely kind of a wild west uh, type uh, type mentality when it comes to just guessing or estimating where where prices uh, could be, should be, and will be uh, over the next uh, you know weeks and years. Yeah, that's that's going to be a very interesting story developing because as you see, well, as you saw in 2019 when we got up to 473, we had to go to five bucks. And last year when we got down to 320, you had to go sub three. And you have all these things that you have to do or will happen. And seeing them in the current year that we're in, it's a little bit more manageable to think of why these things could happen. You see current stories that are unfolding, but to look several years out and say, we have to go, and, or not even have to go, but we should be going to XYZ level and beans are going to double their price. Wheat's going to quadruple its price because I see some potential on a cyclical, cyclical uh, graph is a very interesting way to approach marketing because uh, if you are looking at a cycle that's developing and it's very similar to 08, what we have to remember is what happened on the back half of 08 and what happened is you had beans just completely fall off their highs. You went from I think it was about $16 all the way back down below 10 and corn also fell off their highs. So those expectations have to be managed with in those previous like years what happened between the low and high not so much this is a straight line we're going straight here but where were those corrections how large were they was it something that really took some people's heads off and is that a way you're going to manage your risk over the next potential three-year period if it is a very condensed um bull market that will last two three years so a lot of questions on how you go about marketing something like that and what those kind of numbers does to 
trades mindset, and more importantly, the farmer's mindset when they're looking at their balance sheet and they have to go talk to their banker and maybe the banker has seen no one else besides something like that. And the professional producer, which has been doing it for years, has to sit there and explain to them why I sold crop here, even though we apparently have $30 in the forward, uh, in the future. And what does that mean for my input costs? So it really just messes with the whole trades mindset when you throw something like that out. That's right. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up, you already mentioned it, but let's uh, let's give another plug here for the uh, the Allendale uh, acreage survey. It goes on uh, through uh, March 12th. Uh, I believe the the actual results will be emailed uh, out on March 15th. Uh, well in advance of that March 31st uh, acreage report, and uh, we need your help, uh, all of our uh, listeners here and all of our all of our customers. We need to be uh, contacting, uh, uh, or you have to contact us, or we need to contact you to find out what you're planting this year versus what you planted last year. We need to get to actual acreage numbers, not to, uh, percentage change or anything like that. So if you can help us out, give us a call at 800-262-7538. Ask for uh, for any one of the brokers, ask for your broker or ask for Zach and we can get you all set up on, uh, on that survey. Definitely, or visit online at allendale-inc.com uh, to get survey filled out by yourself. Any questions, again, call in 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.